Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Is there any worse feeling than being 0-1? Especially when you're 0-1 after a terrific start and when you had a chance to win at the end. Yet here we are. Tennessee Titans are 0-1 following a 21-20 loss to the New York Giants to open the 2022 NFL season. Titans defense went three and out to start the game. You get a long punt return after that, a quick and efficient touchdown drive, and you think they're on their way. Things kind of go sour from there, particularly in the second half. But Ryan Tannehill does what Ryan Tannehill does. At the end of the game, a minute nine to go, he has the ball, gets the offense down the field, into position for a field goal. And Randy Bullock, three game-winning kicks last season, Misses a 47-yarder to the left, and here we are with this week's episode of Believe in Titans podcast with Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great this evening. How are you doing, David and John? Doing, doing great. John Good. Glennon of all Titans at SI.com. John Glennon, how are you? I am well, sir. Doing good. And I have, am David Beauclair, also of all Titans at SI.com. And as we said, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by BetOnline.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, where we start is with Denard Walker. And Denard, if you're if you're a player, if you're a member of the Tennessee Titans right now, you know it's a long season. You know there are 16 more games to go. But how terrible a feeling is 0 and 1? You want my honest opinion? I do. <laughs> it's not terrible at all because no? you realize you, you have 16 more games. It's a long season. If you look at last year, this team started what? Oh, and one. And they looked horrible last year against Arizona. And they had a chance Sunday to win. I mean, listen, they didn't capitalize on some, they had a lot of missed opportunities this game. And this team just, uh, they did it to themselves. It, it wasn't so much of what the Giants did. It was what the Titans didn't do. They couldn't convert on third down. The third and shorts, man, it just wore, it wore me out looking at them on third and short. And that's a Titans team last year that, you know, they will make those plays. And when you make those third and shorts, David, you can continue to sustain drives. If you don't, guess what? You put Saquon and Daniel Jones right back on the field. And that's what they did Sunday. And let me tell you something, D. When you have a young team and you give that team life, they will come back and get you at the end. And that's exactly what happened Sunday. Especially a team that has new energy with a new head coach and everything. It there, there were, you know, there wasn't a sense um, uh, that I certainly saw of, you know, the giants thinking, Oh God, here we go. You know, we, we were terrible last year. This, you know, this is a, it's a terrible start. We're not, I mean, they, they, they kept digging and Denard, you mentioned, you mentioned Saquon Barkley, John Glennon, 18 carries for 164 yards against a defense that was one of the NFL's best last season at defending the run. What happened? Is is this a uh, is this a bad sign of things to come, or or is this easily fixable? Do you think? I think it was a big punch in the face to a Titans defense that you know had had heard a lot of good things about itself uh, going into this season. You know, as you mentioned, they they were number two. And the NFL against the run last year, only giving up uh, about 85 yards a game. And, you know, look what they did in that first half. It was a, it was a pretty dominant display by the Titans defense, um, you know, not only in the in the in the run game, um, but, uh, you know, sacked Daniel Jones four times, had, you know, uh, several quarterback hits, uh, turnover as well. And I honestly, I I think the Titans maybe came uh, out of the the locker room in that second half and and kind of eased that foot off the gas just a little bit, uh, especially defensively, um, you know. And I don't think you had that that same sense of urgency. And and I think the Giants just said, "We're not panicking. Uh, you know, we're sticking to our game plan." And uh, you know, within six plays, uh, offensive plays for the Giants in that second half. Uh, you know, things were things were all tied up again. So, you know, Mike, Bra- in, in terms of the run game, Mike Brabel uh, mentioned a few things, double digit missed tackles. You know, I, I think a failure at times to hold the edge. And I think on Saquon Barkley's 68 yard run, we saw that especially. And, and uh, Amani Hooker, you know, was left uh, on his own on, on the edge out there and, and couldn't couldn't corral Barkley. Um, you know, there there were some some wrong gaps taken defensively as well. But in my mind, as I say, I think a little bit was mentality. I, I think these guys kind of said, look, these are the Giants. We're up 13 nothing. We're putting on a very good defensive display. You know, this one's not over, but but we're in the driver's seat. And, and, you know, and, and let's say, like, players don't consciously think that. I mean, human nature right. takes over it at some point. And, uh, and 
and and it wasn't like the the Titans were getting beat up all day, right? I mean, they gave up 133 total yards in the first half. And then within the first six minutes and two seconds of the second half, they give up a 68-yard run to Saquon Barkley. They gave up a 65-yard touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard. That's 133 yards right there on those two plays. Same number they had allowed in the entire first half. So they're, uh, you know, you, 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 I assume, Denard, when you come to the sideline after big plays like that, you're disappointed, you're angry, but but you feel like that that's one play. We're still getting the better of things most times. That that that's not the kind that's the kind of thing that makes you angry, but doesn't but doesn't make you feel like you're getting beat. Correct. Yes and no. Let, let me give you a yes date. Let me go back and and so. When I look at a game, when I break it down, I've always said that players, they determine the fate of the game. Plays, how many plays are you going to make? If you more, if you make more plays than the opposing team, then typically you win the game. If you look at this team Sunday, look at just look at Tennessee. They had third and short. They, they were abysmal on third down Sunday. You cannot win in this league if you're not converting on, and you can't continue drives. Look at the third and one in the third quarter. David, it is third and one. They had Derrick Henry in the Wildcat. He fumbles the ball. So, again, what happens? You punt away. What happens on the next series for the Giants? That's when Saquon goes on that long scamper, okay, and then he, they end up punching it in. Then you come back the next drive. What happens on the third and two to Dontrell? Dontrell misses the ball. Matter of fact, Dontrell had a great game, but on that third and shoot, third and two, he drops the ball. So when he drops the ball, what happens after the next series for the Giants? That's when they got the long pass. So once again, when we talk about sustaining drives in this league, that's what allows you to keep those playmakers for the Giants off the field. And David, those two plays, it was 13 to zero going into the third quarter. It was 13 and 13 in a matter of about eight minutes in the third quarter. Those explosive plays will get you beat. And Greg Williams, Ray Rose, they always, when they preach defense, they always talked about eliminating the explosive plays. I went to two great organizations, and both defensive coordinators always talked about eliminating the explosive plays, holding a running back under, what, 100 yards rushing. And then you're talking about giving up 14 points of less. Everything changed within about eight minutes in the third quarter. Does this not resemble the game against Cincinnati last year? The Titans are absolutely dominating Cincinnati. Going into the third quarter, we talked about the third quarter woes. And look what happened in the third quarter on the first series in the Cincinnati game last year in the playoffs. What happened? Cincinnati went down, punched it in for the only score of the game. That score is what propelled that team to move on. So once again, if you're Tennessee, you got to carry the momentum in the second half. If not, then you can see this happening week after week because it has been a trend. That, that, that is a good comparison to the Cincinnati game because, you know, the defensive line had its way with the Giants at, at times yesterday. And, uh, and and you talk about players making plays and, and you, you have to you have to tip your cap to Saquon Barkley, too, on the uh, on the two point conversion of, you know, Kudos to Brian Dayball for being aggressive and, and going for it. I, I think everybody sort of agrees, you know, if you're on the road, you play to win. Maybe you, you play for the tie if if that game's in New York. But uh, but he went for it. But 
you know, the Titans were in position. I, I even asked Mike Vrabel about this at his Monday press conference. And, and he said, yeah, you know, the, the Titans didn't get out schemed on that play. Guys were where they were supposed to be. Saquon Barkley made a play and he made a play in an end zone where the Titans defense has had some really terrific moments, game, game saving moments the last couple of years. You think back to the Chargers game, you know, Jeffrey Simmons debut when, when he blew up the defense or the offensive line down there. You think of the Buffalo game last season where they stopped Josh Allen on fourth down that, you know, that the defense had every reason to feel good even in that situation. But, but Barkley, you know, Barkley just found a way to get into the end zone. And, and I, ha- I have to say this, I, I, it struck me when it happened too. back in your day, Frank Wycheck used to tell the story because this made me laugh. When you played Jacksonville, Uh-oh. offensive coordinator Les Steckel, apparently his his best two-point play against the Jaguars in those days was that shovel pass, and yes. they did it to Wycheck. And and Wycheck told the story that, that they, they – they ran it like three times in four games or something like that. And they kept getting stopped And the, and the last time it happened, linebacker Kevin Hardy was the one who tackled wide check and he's laying on top of wide check as the, as things are unpiling. And Kevin Hardy just says to him, why do you guys keep running that? <laughs> and so as soon as I saw that's what the giants were doing, I kind of chuckled thinking, Oh, this, this would be poetic to, uh, to, to get the stop here. And it would give me something to write about in that ter- in that terms. But, but Saquon Barkley made a play. And David, you know what else was interesting as I was reading, when I watched this game, what's amazing about Saquon Barkley, you talk about the 164 yards rushing. Majority of that came on one play. That was 60, 70 yard scamper. 68 of it. Yeah, 68. But what's amazing is that out of the 164 yards, 112 yards came after contact came after contact. That is amazing. Do you, majority of your yards came after contact. Do you know how hard it is for running back to get never alone to the second level? But when you're talking about you're getting past defenders, three or four guys that are hitting you and you're still going momentum going forward. That is amazing. That's just to show you how explosive of a runner Saquon Barkley is. And that, that leads us perfectly into the next topic the the titans have a guy who has made a lot of yards after contact in the last couple of years in uh in derrick henry and you know the, everybody wanted to see after the preseason in which he didn't do anything and and after the foot surgery last year what was uh what was derrick henry going to be able to deliver it was 21 carries for 82 yards clearly the focus of the uh the run game as much as ever uh, John Glennon, what uh, what did you see? Are you optimistic about Derrick Henry? Are you uh, are you a little more pessimistic right now? What 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 do you think? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a still a small sample size. Obviously, it's one game, but you know, the, the word that that you know came to mind for me watching Derrick Henry was just kind of average. It was I thought it was an average to to solid performance. Uh, you know, not not awful, but average is not a word that we're used to using uh, for for Derrick Henry either. Um, you know, he had the one run of, of 18 yards. None of his other runs were over seven yards. Now there's a little asterisk there. Uh, you know, Aaron Brewer had a couple of holes that would have nullified a 13 and a nine yard carry. But, you know, I, I didn't think, uh, you know, he had, he was as quick 
to the hole as, as maybe we have seen him in the past. Uh, um, and, you know, I, uh, you look at some of those uh, advanced stats again. Uh, Derrick Henry expected yards for his carries yesterday, 95 yards. Uh, his actual carries wound up being 82. It's not often you see uh, Derrick Henry's uh, expected yards being over uh, what he actually gained. So, and I think Mike Rabel referenced that today too when he said there was a lot of meat left on the bone uh, in terms of the running game. And that's rare. And, you know, my thinking, it's kind of rare for Mike Rabel to even sort of mildly criticize Derrick Henry. And that, that you know, struck me as, as kind of a little bit of a jab directly at Derrick Henry. So my one thought that, that comes to mind for Derrick Henry too, though, is he's a guy we know he's very self-critical. We know he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And maybe there was a little bit coming into this game, even though he had the, the one playoff game already. But still, he's coming back for the first game of the regular season after that injury. Uh, you know, maybe he's thinking, I got to do some big things. I got to bust some big plays. I got to do something to show everybody I am really back. And maybe when you do that, you're a little bit too impatient uh, in the running game. You're, you're not doing some of the things and following some of the, the cues that you ought to. And, and maybe that's the case with Derrick Henry. So let's not uh, let's not get carried away in, in criticism yet. But certainly, you know, uh, again, I'll say average and, and average is not a word that, that we commonly use with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that is certain, though, is any sense that the Titans are going to try to lessen his workload this year we you know we can discard that 15 of the titans first 16 rushing attempts 21 of 26 overall were, were to derrick henry and, and of those first 16 the one that wasn't was a ryan Tannehill scramble it was not it was not a designed run play so uh you know clearly they're gonna they're gonna keep feeding him the, the moment that struck me though was it was about halfway through the second quarter and it was a four-yard run where he went up in the hole and was looking pretty good, and Giants linebacker Trey Crowder hit him high, like hit him about the shoulder, just blasted him straight to the ground. And it was it was the kind of hit that you rarely, rarely – I can only – you know, there was only one I can think of over the last few years that comes to mind that you see – you know, you see Derrick Henry – take a hit like that and you know there, there's a couple of possible explanations there one is maybe you know the the lack of game experience through the preseason and and the last part of last season maybe he's running with his pad level a bit too high and he you know he'll get it down as as the season goes maybe maybe trey crowder who was all six foot one, 235 pounds, got lucky, right? Everybody, occasionally somebody runs into an Araldus Chapman fastball, right? And and takes it out of here. Or or maybe Henry is just a half a step slower after all the carries and the uh and the surgery from last year that 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 he you know he's he's subjectable to these these kinds of hits now. I, I think that is something that bears watching as this season goes on, if you see him taking one or two hits like that a game, then you know it's it's a different Derrick Henry. If we don't see if we don't see any more like that in the next few weeks, then then okay, you say Trey Crowder, you, you got lucky there, well done. But uh, you know that 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 was the moment that struck really struck me. Uh, Denard, I'll ask you did you did you see Derrick Henry wearing down that defense and and had things gone early? or had gone differently early in the third quarter, would there have been the opportunities for the, the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry, that we're so used to seeing? 
Yeah, but you know what, David? It, it's the first game of the season, and majority of your players that were on the field Sunday, they haven't played all preseason. So it, it's hard to simulate and practice what you're going to get when it's when I call it the first game of the season. That's game time. That's when everything starts to flow. Everything is going 1,000 miles an hour. So a lot of times when you see a running back or a quarterback when they're struggling that first game is they're trying to get the game, as Jerry Gray used to call it, let the game come to you. One of the things that Coach Gray always emphasized, uh, and now he's the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, is when you when you start trying to press, you start making mistakes. You start overcompensating, and you start doing things normally you don't do. So one of the things that Coach Gray always told the defensive backs to do is it may take you three games to get you know your feet under you, to get going, to get let the game kind of come to you. What what, what he mean? What he meant by that is is when you get acclimated to the speed, then you can just play. You don't think. And sometimes that's what you see players like Derek probably Sunday is he's overthinking. He hasn't taken a hit since the Cincinnati game uh, in January. I'm sure in practice, you you and John, you both have been there. I don't think anybody touches Derek Henry in practice. (laughs) Not at (laughs) all. If you do, you're probably going to be cut. Uh, So once again, it's just getting – that contact, getting your feet under you and get going again. You remember, this is a player that last year, what, he was out 10 games during the regular season, and not to mention he comes back into the playoffs. How many times have you seen a player of his caliber break their foot and then they miss 10 games of the season and then come back and start the playoff game? You don't see that. He is a freak of nature. That's why his name is the king. So once again, once he gets used to giving more carries, let him work, he keeps working because that's the thing about Derek. The more you feed him, the hunger he gets, the harder he runs, the harder he is to stop. And I was mad at Todd Downing on one play, and I got to get this off my mind. David. Bring it. Uh, you're, you're not the only one in, <laughs> in that. Hey, right tell now, me something here. I'm sure y'all asked Todd Downing, what in the world was he thinking putting Chig Okonkwo on the end around on a third and short? You paid Derek money, all that money, to put a rookie tight end in a critical part of the game on an end around? Are it, you serious? It, it's funny you say that, though, because when that play happened, you know, without fail, when, when an offense doesn't score a bunch of points, and, and 20 points is not enough, for Titans fans based on what we've seen the last couple of years, you know, the, the first thing you always used to hear, particularly during the Jeff Fisher days and, and it, it carried over into the Mike Munchak days a little bit and whatnot. You, you always hear complaints from the fans. The play calling was so bad. I knew exactly what was coming. You know, I could have, I could have, pl- I could have been calling those same plays. I've, I've seen it over and over again. So I, I laughed to myself on that Oconquo play. Cause I thought Todd Downing is going to get carved up for this thing, but no one out there is going to be able to say, I knew exactly what he was going to call in that situation <laughs> because, because no, no one, you know, no one saw that one coming. It, uh, it, but it certainly wasn't blocked up well. That's, you know, that that is that is one thing there. I don't know if that was if that was Todd Downing's fault by, you know, in in the design of the play, or if it was just the offensive line's fault. But it was it it was not close. That's I for was sure. thinking that's something Urban Myers would have did last year when he was out the door. So you know what, I'm gonna get all of them back. I'm gonna run a tight end on the end of round. <laughs> The element of surprise. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, we talked all preseason about Malik Willis, but Malik Willis is not the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill 
is the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans and uh you know had had a rough outing in the playoffs as as has been well off discussed well broken down and whatnot we'll go back to you John Glennon what kind of day was week one for for Ryan Tannehill do you do you feel good about him again I I do. I I think that was a step in the right direction for Ryan Tannehill. You know, I think it's a confidence builder. And the most important thing uh, he did is not to throw the ball to the other team, uh, which the last snapshot we saw of Ryan Tannehill, he threw three picks against Cincinnati. So uh, in that respect, um, you know, I, I think that's a step in the direct in the right direction, a confidence builder for him. To, to me, it was a winning Perform a performance you could win with from Ryan Tannehill. The Titans, you know, w- with the offense the Titans have, we're not going to see Ryan Tannehill slinging around 40 or 50 times a game. But if he is efficient like that, uh, if he doesn't turn the ball over like that, he's going to win on most occasions. And and let's let's face it too, if Randy Bullock makes a 47-yard field goal, we're all talking about how smooth Ryan Tannehill was leading another game-winning drive for the Titans and setting them up for that, that game-winning field goal. So, you know, was he was he perfect? No, you know, I, I think there were some blips. And, you know, certainly that, that red zone uh, throw to Derrick Henry that, that, you know, he just waited too long uh, to throw the ball to Derrick Henry. That was, that was an ugly one. Um, but, you know, one thing I, I also like, in, uh, in addition to not turning the ball over, we saw Ryan Tannehill getting the ball downfield more uh, than, than what we saw last year. And, and to me, that's a big key for the Titans. They're going to need some explosive plays this year. And yesterday we saw seven passes of 20 yards or more. Not saying all those were 20 yards in the air, but but nonetheless, those are the kind of plays the Titans need, uh, you know, to loosen things up around the line of scrimmage. Uh, so to me, yeah, definite step in the in the right direction for for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, first first game post AJ Brown, and let's let's note AJ Brown ten catches, one hundred fifty five yards in Philadelphia. The guy the guy knows how to how to seize a moment, right? That, that's how you introduce yourself to a new fan base. But Ryan Tannehill threw the ball to eleven different guys, completed passes to ten of them. Um, it, you know when the when the game was on the line. Kevin Byard said this about two weeks ago. He he said he came flat out said, "Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has has found his go to guy in the two minute drill and other situations." And Kyle Phillips, that's that's exactly what we saw. Um, but uh, you know, it, it it wasn't like Tannehill looked lost out there and and oh, you know, what am I going to do without AJ Brown? He you know he he spread the ball around. His his passer rating of one hundred six point four is the best he's ever had in a Week One game in his career. One of nine quarterbacks across the league yesterday better than a hundred in that regard. So uh, I, and and as you said, you know, drove the drove the team down the field in position for you know Randy Bullock to do his thing and it and it just didn't work out. But yeah, we would be talking about how oh Ryan Tannehill did it again. You can always count on him at the uh at the end of the game. Uh Denard, you know, what did you see? What what did you like about Ryan Tannehill's game yesterday? The way that he distributed the ball, uh if you look amongst all of his receivers, Kyle Phillips finished with 66 yards i tell you what, I like these young receivers. And Mr. Traylon Burks, we was on him all offseason. What an amazing job he did Sunday. He showed why he was a top draft pick in this past draft. And I was reading a, a solid article. It was interesting. He said he played 14 receiving snaps 
He snagged three of his first six targets going for first downs. He finished with 55 total receiving yards. And I love the way he caught the football. I love the way that he was the route running. You can see that he has that explosiveness. And, and once he gets acclimated to the system, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be a young man that's going to be a productive part of for this offensive unit. Uh, I was really proud of the receiving core. I know Robert Woods just had one catch. I was very critical on what are you going to get out of this group, but they played well. I was, I was excited to see how uh, they made some key catches and I loved Todd Downing. Uh, I didn't like that play again to Chig. And that's the one play where I had to get up and run out of the house. But (laughs) I I loved how he, he, he knew going into this game, he needed a, a, a secret weapon. And I love how he implemented Don Trail in the passing game. If you look at Don Trail, who finished up with 61 yards and had two TDs and not to mention the key first down, what I loved about how they implemented him, it, it was in the passing game. They put him in stacks. Very rarely do you see a receiver when they have double stacks. That's one receiver line behind, like the tight end or receiver, and they run a crossing route. And no one accounted for him. It was like the Giants were confused, like, are you kidding me? And then you saw a lot of times where Todd Donning, he would create that space, and then he would leak him out of the backfield, which created a um, mismatch for the linebacker. And half of the time, the linebacker was moving like a a yard or two uh, away because he couldn't keep up with him. And that's exactly what you love about this game is how – he really put an emphasis on finding like a secret weapon. I need something that the Giants didn't prepare for. And you can see they were clueless as when number 40 was on the field in the passing game, because half of the time their linebackers were about five yards behind. And so again, that was a great thing to see, but they're going to need that if they're going to go into Buffalo and and come out of there with a victory is they're going to have to use or find players like Dontrell. You're going to have to go and just be kind of creative and think of something else outside of the norm because you know Sean McDermott, they know this team. They're going to have to do something, something that's going to give them a little bit of spark or that's going to get them over the edge uh, when they go down Monday night to play Buffalo. Yeah, Dontrell Hilliard, who had no receiving touchdowns in his career coming into this game, comes out of it it with two and looks – every bit like what the Titans wanted Darrington Evans to be the last couple of years when they used a third round draft pick on him, cut him early this off season after two years where you kind of say, well, that, that just didn't work out injuries and whatnot. And, uh, and, and Hilliard looks like that guy who is, who is a different back than Derrick Henry does different things than Derrick Henry and, and gives you more options that, you know, by having a, a, a different guy, back there uh as we as we head to the last few minutes here john glennon what 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 else did you like that uh that you see and you come out of this say okay the result aside this looks promising for tennessee going forward you, know, you guys have touched on this already but certainly that that rookie class you know in general i think they played uh eight rookies yesterday which is i think a tied for the second most uh week one for this team um you know since 1999 and and these weren't small roles either. You know, uh, Roger McCreary steps in there at, at corner and plays every defensive snap except for one. Uh, he only allowed one reception. I think it was for five yards. Uh, Nicholas Petit-Frere steps in there at right tackle. His team didn't uh, allow a sack. Technically, they allowed a sack, but it was really Ryan Tannehill running out of bounds for, for no uh, gain, which was a sack. Um, Ryan Stonehouse, you know, another uh, uh, rookie, uh, you know, a great, uh, great yardage. 
on a lot of his punts. Um, so I was impressed, uh, very impressed with that group. And you've already touched on Kyle Phillips and, and Traylon Burks as well. So that's, that's good stuff. Um, you know, one other thing I, I liked a lot uh, was this team's third down uh, defense. You know, we talked about how poor the Titans were offensively on third downs, but defensively they were they were superb against the Giants. Giants only had two uh, uh, third down conversions in ten attempts, so it's it's pretty amazing that a team still manages to win uh, like that. But the Titans did have some some good uh, you know points to hold on to. Some some good things happened yesterday, simply overshadowed by kind of a, a shocking loss. Yeah, and and for me, you know, we we have to you know we sort of barely touched on it. We we have to give more credit to the the defensive front. Jeffrey Simmons in particular, mm-hmm. you know, had six tackles, two sacks, stopped Saquon Barkley behind the line of scrimmage two times, had the had the forced fumble which Bud Dupree recovered. I, I mean, l- looks every bit like a guy who can make a bid for defensive player of the year if if he keeps uh you know, keep, keeps having that kind of impact and uh you know, then you throw in two sacks by Rashad Weaver, another sack by by Bud Dupree and and uh and the fact that even without Harold Landry that you, that you can get pressure from your from your front seven without with your front you know basically your front four without having to send extra blitzers all the time that is uh that is good news for Shane Bowen and that defense so uh looking ahead though we all saw Buffalo against the Rams on Thursday night we know that they're one of the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl. Denard Walker, what do the Titans have to do to go to Buffalo and win this thing? First, they have to convert on third down offensively. If you look at the game last year, they had two fourth and two, David, that they end up converting on the passes where Ryan hit AJ that went ahead and it culminated into a score. They have to convert on third down. You have to keep that Buffalo's offense off the field. Josh Allen is a nightmare, so you don't want to have to deal with him. The way you, the way that you deal with Josh Allen, again, convert on third down, milk that clock as long as you can. Tennessee knows this team. They know how Sean McDermott teams play. They have played them tough the last two years in Nashville. This team has the DNA to go into Buffalo and beat that team on Monday night. And David – I'm going to say it right now. I think that this is a team that when they look at that film and they looked at it today, they're probably saying, you know what? We shot ourselves in the foot. It's our fault that we lost this game because as poorly as we played in some areas, we still had a chance at the end to win on that 47 yards. And Randy typically hits that field goal because he converted on two already prior to that. So once again, the little things is what's going to count. And for me, my opinion is like this. They have to convert on third down, keep Josh Allen off the field. If they do that, then I'm giving Tennessee all the chances in the world to go in there and win that game Monday night. And, and John, we we have seen from this team in the last couple of years, they, they rarely have bad performances back-to-back, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a considerable challenge, though. I mean, if you, if you were looking – for a, a team that made a statement week one, I don't think you could find a better one than than Buffalo. I mean, you go into the home of the defending Super Bowl champs and you spanked them 31 to 10. And, and the hardest thing to do is figure out whether the Bills were better offensively or, or defensively. 
you know, Allen threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, uh, defense, seven sacks, three interceptions, 15 quarterback hits. Uh, so an incredible uh, start for the Bills. Uh, and, of course, by the way, they have 10 days rest, uh, you know, after playing on the on the opening Thursday to, to get ready for the Titans. So, you know, I, I looked at, at Buffalo's two or, or uh, I believe there are only two home losses that the Bills had last year. And the, um, you know, the, the key element in both those games, and Denard, you touched on it also, was that the, the opposing team was able to keep possession of the ball, mm -hmm. uh, primarily through the ground game. They lost, they were hammered by Indy at home. That game, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 185 yards, four touchdowns. And then the Patriots, it was just a, a couple weeks later, I think, ran and ran and ran the ball down Buffalo's throat, wound up with 222 rushing yards against Buffalo and, and beat them, I think, 14 to 10. So in order for the Titans to win, I think that has to happen. I think the, uh, you know, the, the word average that we used with Derrick Henry in the running game uh, on Sunday has to change to, uh, to excellent. Um, that is the number one key uh, for me. And also, I think this offensive line for the Titans that did so well protecting Ryan Tannehill, it's going to be a whole other challenge, I think, going up against the Bills. You know, they were the number one D in the league last year, and then they added Von Miller. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch a couple of matchups along the front. I want to see Nicholas Petit Frere against Von Miller. I, I I mean, I'm sure he's going to get some help a lot of the game, but there will be times he's matched up one on one against. Uh, against one of the premier pass rushers of all time who who looks like he's he's as healthy and as as good as he's been in a couple of years right now and so we're we're going to find out a little bit about a little bit more about Petit Frere in this game and then I want to see Roger Saffold against Jeffrey Simmons on the other side Roger Saffold is now Buffalo's left guard you know these are two guys who have practiced against one another these are two pro bowlers from last season these these guys these guys know each other really well they know how good each, the other one is they they know what it means to go against each other and and I think that is going to be a uh, a really fascinating matchup to watch and and those two uh, th those those two one-on-ones, if you will, could could go a long way toward determining uh, who wins this game. But uh, we will we will break that one down afterward. Too that, of course, is a uh, is a Monday night game next week. So we will uh, we will break that one down the following day. But uh, until then, John Glennon, thank you as always. Thank you, Denard Walker. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I am David Beauclair. Thank you all for tuning in. This is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by betonline.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.